Good morning, friends. Today is Tuesday, the 5th of October, 2021. Our readings for today are Psalms 121, 122, and 123, 2 Kings 22, 1 through 13, 1 Corinthians 11, 12, and 17 through 22, and the Gospel of Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. Grace to you and peace from God our Creator and our Savior Jesus Christ. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, Let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The mercy of God is everlasting. Come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to God with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it. And your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. The mercy of God is everlasting. Come, let us worship. Psalm 121, 122, and 123. I lift up my eyes to the hills, From where will my help come? My help comes from God, who made heaven and earth. God will not let your foes, not let your foot be moved. God who keeps you will not slumber. The one who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. God is your keeper. God is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. God will keep you from all evil. God will keep your life. 
God will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of God. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of God, as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of God. For there the thrones for judgment were set up, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For the sake of my relatives and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of our God, I will seek your good. To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. As the eyes of servants look to the head of their master, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to God until God has mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O God. Have mercy upon us. For we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than its fill of the scorn of those who are at ease of the contempt of the proud. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from 2 Kings, chapter 22, verses 1 through 13. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. He reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidiah, daughter of Adiah of Buscoth. He did what was right in the sight of God and walked in all the way of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right or to the left. In the 18th year of King Josiah, the king sent Shaphan, son of Azaliah, son of Meshulam, the secretary, to the house of God, saying, Go up to the high priest Hilkiah, and have him count the entire sum of the money that has been brought into the house of God, which the keepers of the threshold have collected from the people. Let it be given into the hand of the workers who have the oversight of the house of God. Let them give it to the workers who are at the house of God repairing the house, that is, to the carpenters, to the builders, to the masons, and let them use it to buy timber and quarried stone to repair the house. But no accounting shall be asked from them for the money that is delivered into their hand, for they deal honestly. The high priest Hilkiah said to Shaphan the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of God. When Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, he, he read it. Then Shaphan the secretary came to the king and reported to the king, Your servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of the workers who have oversight of the house of the Lord. Shaphan the secretary informed the king, The priest Hilkiah has given me a book. Shaphan then read it aloud to the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. Then the king commanded the priest Hilkiah, Ahikam, son of Shaphan, Akabor, son of Micah, Shaphan the secretary, and the king's servant, Isaiah, saying, 
Go, inquire of God for me, for the people, and for all of Judah, concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of God that is kindled against us, because our ancestors did not obey the words of this book, to do according to all that is written concerning us. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 8, the Song of Moses. I will sing to God, for God is lofty and uplifted. The horse and its rider has got hurled into the sea. God is my strength and my refuge. God has become my savior. This is my God and I will praise them. The God of my people and I will exalt them. God is a mighty warrior. Yahweh is their name. The chariots of Pharaoh and his army has got hurled into the sea. The finest of those who bear armor have been drowned in the Red Sea. The fathomless deep has overwhelmed them. They sank into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O God, is glorious in might. Your right hand, O God, has overthrown the enemy. Who can be compared with you, O majesty among the gods? Who is like you? glorious in holiness, awesome in renown, and worker of wonders. You stretched forth your right hand. The earth swallowed them up. With your constant love, you led the people you redeemed. With your might, you brought them in safety to your holy dwelling. You will bring them in and plant them on the mount of your possession, the resting place you have made for yourself, O God, the sanctuary, O God, that your hand has established. God shall reign forever and ever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 11, verse 2, and 17 through 22. I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions just as I handed them on to you. Now in the following instructions, I do not commend you, because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For to begin with, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. Indeed, there have to be factions among you, for only so will it become clear who among you are genuine. When you come together, it is not really to eat God's supper. For when the time comes to eat, each of you goes ahead with your own supper, and one goes hungry and another becomes drunk. What? Do you not have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you show contempt for the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Should I commend you? In this matter, I do not commend you. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 15, the Magnificat. My soul proclaims the greatness of God. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For God has looked with favor on their humble co-creator. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. God has mercy on those who fear God in every generation. God has shown the strength of God's arm, has scattered the proud in their conceit, 
has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly, has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich God has sent away empty. God has come to the help of their servant Israel, for God has remembered the promise of mercy. The promise God made to our forebears, to Abraham and Sarah and their children forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior, Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. And after getting into a boat, Jesus crossed the sea and came to his own town. And just then some people were carrying a paralyzed person lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, your your sins are forgiven. Then some of the scribes said to themselves, This person is blaspheming. But Jesus, perceiving their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and walk? But so that you may know that the incarnate has authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus then said to the paralytic, stand up, take your bed and go to your home. And the paralytic stood up and went to their home. When the crowd saw it, they were filled with awe and they glorified God, who had given such authority to human beings. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. As the affirmation of faith, I'm going to use the response of faith found in the Iona community's Iona Abbey worship book, beginning on page 65 latter half of the page. With the whole church, we affirm that we are made in God's image, befriended by Christ, empowered by the Spirit. With people everywhere, we affirm God's goodness at the heart of humanity, planted more deeply than all that is wrong. With all creation, we celebrate the miracle and wonder of life the unfolding purposes of God forever at work in ourselves and the world. Amen. Continuing on page 97 of the Book of Common Prayer. God be with you and also with you. Let us pray. Our creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Will you suffrages set A? Show us your mercy, O God and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world, 
for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. A Collect for Peace Almighty God, kindle, we pray, in every heart the true love of peace, and guide with your wisdom those who take counsel for the nations of the earth, that in tranquility your dominion may increase until the earth is filled with the knowledge of your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. For the sick, heavenly healer, giver of life and health, comfort and relieve those who are ill or suffering or wounded and give your power of healing to those who minister to their needs, that these for whom our prayers are offered may be strengthened in their weakness and have confidence in your loving care. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us use, as is our wont of late, the prayer attributed to St. Francis as our prayer for mission. We were not together, you and I, (laughs) yesterday, which was the feast day of St. Francis. But nevertheless, God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Let us now lift up, encircle in love, and hold in the light those whom the Spirit has placed upon our hearts for prayer.
Amen. A few thoughts that I have on the readings. Um, firstly, in our in our readings today, there seems to be somewhat of a common theme of really being concerned with or worrying about the wrong thing. You know, the writer of Corinthians says that you're coming together, but you're not coming together the way that you should or, or the way that is most most holy, I guess is probably the best way to put that. Like you're not coming together in love. You're coming together for supper, but you're not, you're not eating with, you're not sharing with each other. And I think this is, this is a statement about the most basic of sustenance, right? Food, but it's also, I should say basic earthly sustenance, right? But it's also a statement, I believe, about sharing grace with each other, sharing love. I mean, that's what the gospel is really all about. That's what the good news is really all about is, is Christ's love is, is grace is the fact that like, it reminds me of, um, when you see, when you're with someone who is suffering and you want so desperately to say, it's going to be okay and you know that it will but in the moment of suffering it is so hard to feel your way through and and so how do you share that how do you share that love and grace and I've gotten kind of off off from the reading here because I don't think that's what's happening in the reading um that that wanting wanting to share anyway. I think there's an obliviousness to each other that we're talking about in the reading. So this is a bit different than that. But it is, I think, all about the same thing. The purpose of gathering together is to be together. You know, communion and community have the same root for a reason. There's a reason, and especially in this time when when we might still not be in person or we have been without each other physically for a long time, um, gathering together, being in each other's physical presence, there is a particular holiness there. There is a particular healing that is found in the physical. And I hope, you know, technology is wonderful and we've been able to gather together in other ways, but I really hope that we are valuing the coming back together, the being in person. And I believe that when we cannot be, grace covers that too, that that God stretches and bridges the gap for all of us in every time and every circumstance. And that's why prayer is so incredibly powerful. All of this and also I think that we should take full advantage to be fully present in all of those comings together. And, and I think that would be my concern for us, like how, how can we invite the Holy Presence into this? How can we make the most of this time together?
And that kind of goes along with our, our gospel reading this morning with Matthew and the scribes being, you know, concerned about is Jesus blaspheming? Is what about these words that he is saying? And I want to be careful here because I think that words do matter. I also think that different words reach different people. And I think that God works through us even when we are imperfect. And that's, that's tough in practice. You know, I, um, I was exposed once to a, a healing ministry that was not all healing. Some of what they were doing was really wounding. But the areas in which the healing was working, I, I think I can hold those things intention in my in my limited human understanding that you can be healing in one area and wounding in another and it is through God's grace that we see the ways in which we are wounding and we work to not do that anymore but that doesn't mean that all of our actions are then bad right just like I think everything is a holy sifting. You know, as we listened to a sermon on Sunday, um, my son was getting really upset and we talked about it later and there were some words in the reading that he just got stuck on and the same with the sermon. And... Sifting our way through that to a deeper meaning, not being derailed by the peace that is dissonant, you know, um, but understanding that we are aware of that dissonance for a reason. And with God's help, we can explore that further. And that can lead us to a way in which we can be healed and be healing to the world. Which, in a way, although it's a forced transition, I I admit, um, brings us to the Hebrew scripture reading, right? Where the, the old text was discovered, the law. And I want to draw a correlation here to my favorite thing in the world, (laughs) Celtic Christianity. I have continued, you guys know this because I've been talking about it for a couple of years now. But I've continued to study Celtic, um, Celtic faith and Christianity and been in awe of the, the deeply resonant, with me at least, um, nature of, of the way the early um, Celtic Christians were so egalitarian, 
and recognized the divine within all of us and respected the divinity of nature and the harmony and connectedness of all things. And I, I believe, I feel we have gotten really far away from that in some of our practices of worship and of relating to each other and to creation. And so I think we would do well to rediscover, as it were, these ways of being in community and worshiping and ways of embracing God. There's a lot in our religion, no matter who we are, that needs examination that has not come about because of divine grace, but, but rather um, is a very human doing. Um, you know, it's funny we talk, especially in this country in America, about the separation of state and religion, the separation of religion from politics. And I think because religion is intertwined with everything on earth, there, you know, there's not, it's difficult to have there be a separation. But I think we have gotten far afield um, in some of the ways since very early on, since the sign-on of Whitby, we have made religion serve government, um, quite frankly, have twisted religion to serve the empowered, to keep those in power in power and to justify their power and often wrongdoing. It is my prayer that we uncover a new and perhaps old way of doing things because Christ's way was not a religion that served power. Christ's way was a religion that set the disempowered free, that raised them up. And this power, the power of love, is the power that, that made the cripple walk, that set him free, not just from his physical ailments, but also from that which bound him in intangible but gravely wounding ways. It is a holistic love, the love of Christ. And it goes deeper than we can know um, to meanings of things that we cannot see. But it was never, it was never meant to wound or enslave. This is the antithesis, I believe, of everything that Christ stood for. So those are my thoughts on the readings this morning. Um, I pray that you all have a wonderful day. Let's, let's close this prayer together. Thank you for being here with me. Almighty God, giver of all mercies. We, your co-creators, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness, 
to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Savior, Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ, our Savior, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved incarnate that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of us. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. And a final blessing from the Iona Abbey Worship Book found on page 118. To God be the glory, to the saints and angels be honor, to those who would work evil be confusion, to the cross be reverence, to the church discernment, to the departed new life, to the penitent acceptance, to the suffering timely healing, to the four corners of the world be peace, and on us in this place may the compassion of God come to bless us and overshadow us continually. Amen. Amen.